0: welcome to your talking about death will not kill you i'm lisa and i am talking to the wonderful nicoletta hi nicoletta hi lisa how are you good thank you now you run a business that i i got introduced to through my last guest um, who told me that so you have a uh, it's keepsakes by nicoletta and you do jewelry pieces that incorporate things like ashes hair, even breast milk. Are there other things that
1: I'm missing? Is it just those three? We can create um, keepsakes with any dry inclusions. Um, Sometimes our customers don't have ashes or hair. Um, uh, Sometimes they would send me, uh, for example, sand from a favourite beach, or even some dried flowers from a resting place. Yeah.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. So you were originally just a jeweler, I would assume, and then you dabbled into adding people's keepsakes into it?
1: Um, No, actually, I'm an accountant by trade. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) And um, professional, I thought you were a jeweler and then you just incorporate stuff. Well, um, I've been very creative since I was a child um, and I've always wanted um, you know, to pursue a career in art. Um, my father always said that I would never make money out of arts and um i ended up choosing mathematics because i really love maths as well um well it turns out that maths and arts together are the perfect combination for making (laughs) okay um yeah, so I came in Australia 12 years ago um, on a accounting um, student visa. And then after I graduated, I became a permanent resident um, under the skilled migration scheme. Um, and then uh, when uh, I had my first child, I'd just been, um, you know, promoted to a corporate accountant role. Um, but then, yeah, I found that that I was pregnant and I had to stay at home for about two years, right. and then in these two years I've started the business I've had in my heart and in my mind um, for almost all my life since I've known myself. Mm. Wow. Okay. So
0: you just started. You started from scratch. You you learnt how to make jewelry and
1: things like that. Yes. So. Initially, when I started my business, I started making um, teddy bears and blankets out of um, uh, outgrown clothing from babies. And then I um, had customers who asked me if I would be able to create those blankets and teddy bears out of um, adult clothing. And um, I, I was actually really overjoyed you know by the opportunity and the trust that someone would put in me um, to create keepsakes in their loved ones' memories, and um, my business has grown. And then I had an opportunity to actually um, join a jewelry course yeah. and a cake making course, and I just couldn't stop. <laughs> even now, I'm, um, even now, I'm doing different uh, courses, I'm not go um, study full time but i always like to you know um i even do like if i I finish a course for example i will go somewhere else and i will do from scratch yeah um because i always feel like you find a teacher that has something new to show you something That there's always something new to learn and i don't like telling people they actually know how to make jewelry um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I just like to be a student, I suppose, just to sit there and be like, oh, I wonder if I could learn something new. I use um, my course learning as an opportunity to create new things as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, while When I'm in my studio, I'm often just creating for my customers and there's very little time for me to actually you know, create things that I've got in my head. Mm-hmm. So when I do... It- Quickly becomes obvious that I know what I'm doing, mm-hmm. um, but I'm I like to use that time to learn new things. Um, each teacher has a different style. There's so many different styles of jewelry making. Um, my grandmother always said that she will learn until the day she'll die, and I think being raised by her, I have the same, um, you know, type of attitude towards learning <laughs> yeah no i like
0: that i like that motto because we're, we we never know everything and we're always learning and it's always good to no. we can never not have enough skills i believe i i love doing that sort of thing too like uh i'm very crafty and i you know over lockdown i mm-hmm. used that time to my advantage and tried to tried my hand at painting tried my hand at quilling um i would say i am more professional and best much better at uh, so I am a cake decorator. Um, there's other things I do. Oh, yeah, that's, that's my that's my main thing. That was the that was the craft that I uh, that got me through my grief when my mum passed away. I del dove into that, and uh, it became a good. Mm-hmm. Um, I still do it. It's just not as often now. It's more of a hobby. I tried to do it as a business, but it just Um, When it comes to cakes, you can't really compete with businesses like the Cheesecake Shop and Woolworths. People don't want to pay what um, art is worth. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not seen as art. It's just seen as a cake. Uh, Whereas your items are art and amazing ones at that. the, um, The stones are the things that I was perplexed on how you did that.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I could add, though, that there are people in our industry as well that compare us to big chains, jewellery. I'm not going to mention any names. Mm. Um, but, you know, they say, oh, it's so much cheaper there. And, it's like, yeah, but it's everything that's mass produced. We make every single item yep. um, from scratch yep. by hand. Mm. And they're not... Um, I'm not making cubitriconias, I'm not setting, you know, cheap jewellery, I'm yeah. actually always trying, that's why I keep going to start, you know, so many years in, I still keep going to learn more because I'm always working at perfecting mm-hmm. my work and um, for example for myself, I never look at competition, I never look at what anybody else does and um, I'm always in competition just with myself.
0: Beautiful. And
1: if I know I can add something of value uh, to my work, then, yeah, I will incorporate that. So, yeah. That's what awesome. it's, it's really beautiful work, and it's also very cathartic. Yes. Um And, like, I, I feel exactly what you're saying, and, you know, you're dealing with your loss um because i as i mentioned my grandmother raised me and we were always crafty together Mm -hmm. and i was actually talking with my auntie so my my father's sister uh my grandma's daughter um i was talking to her the other day and she said oh like you were three years old and you couldn't you know ride but you were cutting things Mm -hmm. and putting things together and you were drawing and you were always so artistic. And I said, oh, thank you so much. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Because it's true. And grandma was a primary school teacher. That was her career. So I think she's always had that inclination of, you know, being there with me and doing things together. And uh, now I take that in my craft now. And when I create something, like, I just remember, you know, the days when I was a child and I was even looking up to her and I was saying, oh, grandma, one day I'm going to have a business and it's going to be called Fashion by Nicoletta." Mm-hmm. And I come, I mean, I come from a Romanian background, so mm-hmm. we weren't actually speaking in English, but I called her Fashion by Nicoletta" in English. I don't yeah. even know. <laughs> You know. (laughs) I learned English at school when I was six. So as soon as I you know, I really loved English as well. Like it was I don't know. I don't know if you believe in fate right Mm -hmm. and in destiny and there was something that attracted me to the English language and I wanted to be able to speak English fluently and to you think in English one day and now that I'm here in Australia I sometimes I think wow like that's so funny like I almost you know manifested my love that I've got right now mm-hmm. um when i was a child
0: yeah, yeah. you've done it you've you've full circled it
1: so so you mentioned
0: that you were yeah raised
1: by- and- yeah. yeah by my grandmother yes so i I, and, I um I was you? going to tell you a story yeah no grandma passed away eight years ago and that was probably the hardest thing that's ever happened to me
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um, because she was my mom, she was my dad, she was my you know best friend, my sister, my brother. She was yeah. everything. We were always together. And even when I came in Australia, I used to call her every single day. We used to, you know, speak on the phone all the time. Yeah. I often referred to her as my soul sister. Um, Mm -hmm. because we've been very connected there's relationships and relationships but I look at me and my grandmother and we're still connected like I still talk with her and I know she's there with me Mm -hmm. and we're having conversations about life and although she's not next to me in person I know that spiritually she's all around me Mm. yeah I, I am
0: similar sort of um, thing with my mum that we always used to say to each other that we were um, best friends first and mother and daughter second. And that's the way we, we had that relationship. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, losing her was like, yeah, you lose, you lose part of yourself when you lose someone like that. So it's a big loss. Do you think it affects how you... Have- well, for
1: me, <laughs> this my mum.
0: Sorry. You think it affects the, the way you proceed with with your work now, dealing with people with you know with people's special loved ones and things like that?
1: I think yes, because I can understand the depth of emotion um, that you know happens in your heart when you when someone you love so much is no longer. Around and you know, there's many uh, layers to grief, and um, there's the shock, and there's the resignation, and there's the anger, and then there's the shock again. There's no straight line to grief. It's very much like a a really big mess in a traffic jam, you know, and. Like when you're in a traffic jam, for example, you're sitting in a car and everybody else sits in their car and they have no idea what you're going through. And after you've lost someone, I can make this analogy, right? You're used to driving with someone forever in this car and then that person is no longer around. And now you're in this traffic jam all by yourself and everybody around you has no idea. Because yes. you can't see inside that, yes. and I think that's the, that's the biggest shock that comes right after losing someone. That the world actually keeps going, mm. like how can it all keep going? Mm. And um, I think being able to understand those feelings and those emotions, it's very powerful. Yeah. Um, we, we work um, with people who have very deep emotions and knowing that it's very important. It's not like when you're going to Woolworths and you're at checkout and the person doesn't know what you're going through. Yeah. Like when, we, when we talk with our customers, we mostly work with bereaved um, families. Yeah. We know what they're going through and mm, it's... Yeah, it's made, I don't know, it opens up a whole new world. Mm. And every time someone passes away, their family, their relatives are sort of joining us yeah. in the grieving world. It yes. it almost feels like two parallel worlds, right? The people yes. who have no idea what grieving is, they've never experienced it. Then the people who, you know have experienced loss and yeah.
0: And I find it very cool the fact that um my path has drawn has brought me to you. I'm getting goosebumps as I say this. I do believe in karma. I do believe in fate. And you having, you know, I feel like we're drawn to people who are very similar. And I I don't want to describe it as that, but we have suffered the same damage. So we are we understand where the other person's coming from. And I think that that must aid in uh also people coming to you even though they don't know your story about your grandmother and your loss and your experience with that Mm. you you must you must make them feel so much at ease or just it must just be a really good vibe when you have to talk to someone in regards to their loved one and doing something with them it it must be very nice for that person too i can only imagine
1: Mm. yeah well um i call this energy um um You know, it's really hard for me because you know, I don't I don't actually like to advertise. Like I don't like to do, you know, advertisement and we've tried it and it doesn't really work. Um I've spoken with my team and we've actually decided to stop, you know, like Facebook advertising and because it's always working on an energy level. Um and i've always like i've always said that you know the people who will actually need me will be sent to me by the angels and i've i often think about um you know grandma being in heaven with you know my customers loved ones mm-hmm. and you know just having a cup of tea and you know having conversations about how they made it happen for us to meet I know it sounds so weird um, <laughs> yeah you know like I, I always have this feeling that people that they, they, they're watching on us So, you know, my customers, loved ones are watching on them and then my grandma's watching on me and then everybody's happy because I was able to create something, you know, special for their loved ones here on earth. And um, I always just... Yeah, that's why I also said earlier, I actually don't believe in competition. I don't look at what other people do, what other people say. You know, their energy will attract their right customers and my energy will uh, attract my right customers. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, I think it's better to just, yeah, let it be, you know. We have people who say, oh, I'm, I don't think... I I don't really want to order or something's not right. And I'm like, that's fine. That's okay. Yeah. I'm not hurt by that. Yep. It just makes space for someone who is ready to meet me, you know, like on a spiritual level. We're just yeah. meant to meet certain people yes. and you can't make that happen if you're not meant to. Yeah. That's right. And mm. I remember
0: I, I had an interview with and someone who think- makes uh, blown glass pieces with people's ashes and I knew of his work mm. um, when my mum passed away. And I had asked him for some pricing and like the process of how it goes. And he's not local. So I would have to I would have had to have posted posted my mum's ashes off. And I said, Oh, I'm sorry. I just mm. I I'm not in a position to do that. And I, I just said I'm sorry. And he's like, No, it's fine, it's not for everybody. And I've later like chatted with him, and this is mm. like years after for the podcast. And I'm like, man, I regret not doing that. Mm. And he's like, oh, but Lisa, it happens, you know, people are a bit wary. And I said, yeah, like now, (laughs) in the frame of mind that I am, I could have easily done that. I don't see a problem Mm. with it. But at the time, my grief was I couldn't see clearly and I couldn't think clearly.
1: Mm. Well, I can tell you from experience what you're telling me now makes absolute sense. Um, We have a lot of people who message us and we're we're the same. People have to mail us um, their precious um, ashes or hair or any other dry inclusions. And I know when, you know, I'm being told, oh, my mom passed away last week, you know, like, I know that I talk with that person in a different way. And it's, You know, when I'm talking with people online, like when we, via messages or via emails, I'm not there for the sale and Mm -hmm. I will never push the sale. And most of the time when people tell me, oh, it just happened, Mm -hmm. I just tell them, don't you want to take the time? Like, just, you know, take your time. Yes. I'm not in a rush. Yeah. I know, for for me, I know this is my life purpose. Mm -hmm. I will be here until the day I die until, you know, God decides that there is no more reason for me to be alive. (laughs) And, you know, you might be ready next year. You might be ready in two years' time. You know what? You might never be ready. Yes. And that's perfectly okay. Mm. That doesn't mean anything about you. It doesn't mean that, you know, we're often trying to hurry to Mm. get over the loss yeah, but really, you just never get over the loss, never ever. You just your life grows around grief and around yeah. the pain that you're feeling in your heart, but that pain is always going to be there. And yes. you know, some people they will never be ready. And I actually had the customer um who sent me ashes of her daughter, who passed away in 1985. Wow, and she's Yes. So I'm born in 1986. Shit. Sorry. Wow. That's, so I, that is
0: 36. Like I have Guzbac. Yeah, I do too. That's 36. That is, years she's been holding
1: on to their ashes almost. Yeah. Wow. Yes. And she said to me, Oh, you know, the truth is, mourning jewelry has been around since the Victorian era. Like we've always seen very ancient jewelry pieces made with ashes with hair um, you know how they used to take photos of their yeah. children who are already dead in yeah. like family photos to have yeah. um, you know a family t- t- together mm-hmm. so you know mourning jewelry has been around since forever yeah. and you know for her to keep on hold on to those ashes and you know I was so moved I told her Well, I wasn't even born then, you know, I had to come, I had to come up to this moment in my life. And this, you know, this lady just, it it almost felt like she waited for me, you know, because, Mm -hmm. you, you know, in my camping days, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have created jewelry like that you know mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden somehow by some miracle she found my page and she followed me for three years so she still even when she found you, know, you she and then wasn't she ready yet mm-hmm. yes and then she decided to finally place an order with me and i found that so moving like in my heart i mm-hmm. always tell my customers i'm so humbled Mm. He chose me. I'm so humble that you trust me, you know, after all, I'm just this voice and this, you know, stranger on the internet. That you know, fifteen years ago people weren't buying anything on the internet. We yes. we were just, you know, we weren't buying online shopping. A lot yep. of people used to say that oh, this online shopping not gonna be a thing. No, and know? there are still
0: and a lot of people that are older generation. <laughs> Used to do online shopping even with COVID, they refuse to buy things online my in-laws included mm-hmm. they don't like it they don't like buy- buying over the internet mm-hmm. so it's a that's a huge step for someone of that
1: age oh yes and we have customers who tell us like um we don't want to buy it online and mm-hmm. then but we want you to make something for us. And I don't know how they find out about me, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I, I don't ask people, you know, oh, how did you find out about me? Yeah. Um, but, you know, they want to make post, like uh, sorry, an EFT transaction, like yes, in the bank. Bank transfer, Not, yeah. I yeah. don't want to, you know, buy something yeah. on my website, even though they have a credit card or... So we, we make those exceptions for, you know, our customers who would rather, you know, make an EFT transaction. Oh, they want cool. to go to the bank and pay for it with cash. Yeah. Wow, oh, that's really cool. <laughs> well, you know, yeah.
0: It's all it's all payment in the end of it sort of thing. And as long as they're comfortable with doing that and organizing it, then there's no there's no other effort for you really to to adjust to. It's all just, yep, sure, we can absolutely do that.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I I would, but you know, there are also other people who are very young and they say no, we don't want to to mail the ashes, like just like you said, you know. Yeah. And that's perfectly okay. That's perfectly fine. I'm not the only artist in the world that does the job. Yeah.
0: Yes, and I also can imagine there are some people out there just yeah, the thought of wearing their loved ones in a piece of jewelry around the neck or whatever they wanted to do in earrings. I think I've seen you do that you know that might be a bit icky for them they may not like that they might think it's not not for them and it is it is not for everybody i have my mum's ashes in a a gold piece of jewelry that it's it has a it's a like a canister and it holds her ashes in it um and you know everyone i always get compliments (laughs) on how lovely my necklace is and i go thank you it's got my mum in it and then all of a sudden their compliment kind of gets withdrawn with their face like oh "Oh."
1: yeah it's just a little bit of my mum yeah like- but you see you have to choose not to tell people as well you have the choice not to tell people
0: absolutely oh yeah i don't i i i and- choose because i like the reaction it just I can't <laughs> stop myself i i i don't mind the judgment i find oh. it i find it like a, um a bit of fun a bit of sport like oh why why don't why don't you have a problem with that people wear lockets of hair <laughs> and photographs it's just a similar sort of situation i like the sport though so that's me i like i like confrontation so to a point it's, it's funny you say
1: that. yeah i i it's i'm a bit the same it's funny you say that because we use a courier um we so it's tnt within australia and fedex overseas yeah. but it's basically the same company and sometimes we have um i have a lot of international customers as well so we send um precious parcels over to the united states and um united kingdom to canada we've sent um jewelry overseas but i remember when i went for the first time very first time and i said i want to send something um it was to austria and then he's asking me because they have to write on the paperwork what it is is inside Mm -hmm. and i said well yeah, and I said to him, It's ashes. And he's like, What? Mm-hmm. And I said, Well, it's cremated remains. I made mm-hmm. a piece of jewelry with someone's ashes in it and I'm sending it home. And but his face just mm-hmm. dropped. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Oh, like he just couldn't. I bet there's, recover. No, box. <laughs> I bet there's no box that he can he, check he, for he that no and then i told him uh and then i told him well i would like to open a business account um because i have you know i'm I'm going to use this service for my international customers and he looked at me and he says oh so is there going to be like more than one (laughs) (laughs) and i say yes and he's like oh what do you mean and I said, Well, I'm making this for people. And he's like, Do they really? So I had this conversation with him yep. about educating You know, him. how people send me their ashes and how yep. this. Yeah. And then he's like, Oh, so they're traveling all around the world. And I said, I'm just going to say George, because I can't even remember the name of the person. But of course. You yeah. know, I said, Oh, well, George wanted to come to Australia yep. all his life. So there he is. He came to Australia. He got made into a ring. <laughs> And we're sending him back home so his wife can wear him forever. He just, his face just dropped, but now he knows me. Yeah, he knows me every time we go, and we had talked about afterlife and he's um originary from india so I, I found it interesting and we shared experiences from our culture and what people yep. do and you know what our beliefs are yep. that what happen happens after death and now he's like totally open to it when he sees mm-hmm. me he's like you know smiling and and i'm like you know you take care of that parcel and he's like oh yes i will oh, that's
0: awesome <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> Is there anything special they have to do when they post them? They get treated. Essentially, when they leave your hands, they become the most beautiful. If if anyone's listening to this podcast, they need to quickly Google Heapsakes by Nicoletta. She's on Facebook and she has her own website. When they leave your hands, then, I mean, I know the ashes are in there, but they're no longer ashes. They become the most beautiful pieces of of jewellery and art that I've ever seen. Would you even need to do anything at that point? They no longer... I mean, I know they've got ashes in them, so you probably have to state it because they need to know dangerous goods and stuff. I deal with TNT for my work too, so I understand that. But mm. technically no, they would be no, they
1: don't, no, they're not dangerous goods actually. Um it's uh, even in Australia the customs, you know, it's the agriculture. Oh, yes. Uh, what's the name of the yeah. so it's the agriculture department they actually how yeah. the postage of ashes into australia yeah. um i mean it's just burned there's nothing living there's no you know they clean chemicals yeah, in. it's not yes. like when someone
0: it's no plant matter it's no dirt, organic example, organic matter or in it. it's not organic anymore
1: yeah mm. no not anymore and For example, to receive breast milk from overseas, we have a permit um, from the Australian customs. But for ashes, you don't... You don't need a special permit. There are countries, for example, and it's dependent on culture and on religion. So, for example, in in Italy, um, in the Catholic religion, so it's predominantly cath- Catholic, you're not allowed to, you know, divide ashes at all, and you're not allowed to keep them at home. For example, you have to put them in the cemetery. Like, you get, you know, your loved one gets cremated. But there's absolutely no choice in you know what you can do with the you know with the urn other than actually putting it into in a cemetery a little box at the cemetery yeah. mm. Mm. I was raised Catholic well, and for so example I'm not
0: Catholic person so that's good because I have no intention of doing that with my ashes so that's good can not think of anything worse than being trapped in a wall uh, yeah
1: like, <laughs> I think it depends on the country mm hmm yeah i don't know i think it depends for example i'm baptized um orthodox and a lot of people from my religion would you know put the cross in front of me and they, they say that i'm the devil yep. um i'm <laughs> like people don't even get cremated in the orthodox religion yes You're no not it's mostly burial isn't cremated. it yeah. you have to be buried yes 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 yeah. and um, one oh. of my aunties told me one day that she was talking with her um dentist, with someone, because they were asking, oh, what is your niece doing in Australia? And she said, oh, she makes jewelry with ashes. Mm-hmm. And then that person said, oh, my God, I'm going to go to the church and I'm going to pray for her soul. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to um just tell her to stop doing it. And, you know, some people don't understand. And it's. it's... <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: Oh, man, when I when my mother was telling you know, all her it's... friends that I wasn't getting married in a church and that I was already living with my um, fiancé at that point, they were just like, what? Mm. And then my mum broke it to them yeah. that my dog was going to be my flower girl. They almost keeled over on the spot. It was the most funny. <laughs> tells me all the stories. I'm like, mum, why are you telling people? She goes, I like it. I love because people are stupid and I love telling them that they're st- showing them that they're stupid. She's like, why? Why would you yeah. have a dog as a flower girl?
1: Why not? Well, it just shows how much we've evolved, isn't it? Um, Yes.
0: And how some people have not.
1: Yeah, it's true. Like, um, yeah, I can see the difference in culture. I I remember even coming to Australia. Like, I remember my very first day in Australia so well. Mm -hmm. And I was so shocked at the airport. Everyone is smiling. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, people are happy. Like, they're genuinely happy in here. Oh really said, it's not I a common thing <laughs> It's not
0: a common thing to farewell and to and to greet people and be happy at the at your national airport is just more like it's like a getting on the train getting on the bus just boring
1: Oh uh, uh, look I don't want to generalize I don't want to say it's Europe but I I've lived in a few countries in Europe and yeah it's very 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 rare very rare a lot of people have you know a lot of worries in their life and it just sort of transpires on their faces and the way they you know act and react to the people around them Mm -hmm. which is very very sad Mm -hmm. to be honest it's very very sad
0: I suppose so, for some people you know, catching a plane is like catching a train or a bus. It's like if that becomes their regular transport, it's nothing It's nothing joyful about it. It's just moving from one point to the other.
1: I think I've lost you there for a second. Do you oh, you're like... right. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me,
0: Nicoletta? Hello? I'm not sure if... Can you hear me now? I can hear you now okay I just muted and unmuted to see how it went sorry about that um I was just saying that maybe it's just like you know catching a bus and catching a train it's just for them basically to get from one point to the other whereas um some airports are more of a you know big hoo-ha like I've I've only I've never traveled outside of my own country and I um I've been to the airport when I took my mum when she went overseas and sending her off was an emotional thing and and welcoming her back was even more an emotional thing. And I can't, you know, in my head, that's the only time I see airports like that. It's to farewell and mm. to greet people. And it's always, it's always an emotional thing. It's never just a not um, a non event.
1: Oh, can I just tell you something? I love traveling and I've traveled the world and I've seen a lot of countries and cultures. And being at the airport always makes me emotional regardless. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it's just, I don't know. For for me, for example, it's that feeling of, oh, wow, there's like hundreds of thousands of people coming in this airport every year. And I know I sound morbid, but, you know, sometimes I just think about the people who left and never came back Mm -hmm. or, or, um, you know, going home to where you know I was born it's I don't know just that expectancy as well of meeting the people I miss and I love but uh, for me a lot of the time the places where a lot of people gather just make me think of you know of that like you know of the people who've been there who are no longer there yes or who have a lot of memories there yes or you know yes for example if i go to some ancient place uh, i don't even want to say ancient just like you know historical places yes yep and just touching the walls like makes me so emotional because i can feel the spirits like i'm i'm a clairvoyant yeah and um and I can, like, I can feel the spirits and I can feel the energy and the, you know, the love, the sorrow that's happened in those, you know, in, in places like that. And they're filled with so much energy. Yes. And, yeah, that's <laughs> probably that's one of the reasons why, why I think about it all the time as well, because... Um, Yeah, I can, (laughs) I just think about the people and, you know, sometimes I'm thinking, oh, wow, like 200 years ago, someone was sitting in this room. Yes. And they had dreams and aspirations and it wasn't possible for them. Or, you know, they loved someone in this room and now they're, you know, somewhere else. Yes. On a different, you know, political plane, whether you call it heaven or or I don't know, it depends on what you believe in. Yeah. Um, But... Yeah, just I, I always feel overwhelmed with that emotion, with that you know, of the energy of the people who've come before us. How and, does that?
0: Um, how does that work when you're working with with remnants of loved ones? How does that? How does that make you feel? How do you? Because
1: that would be interesting. I, I think a lot of people would be scared. I think yeah, it's actually really really interesting, and a lot of people. You know, just like my person from TNT, from, you know, um, my FedEx guy, I call him. (laughs) Um, You know, a lot of people get very worried when I talk about it. So, yeah. But it's actually really beautiful. Like, it's so beautiful when you open up to the energies around you and you leave the fear at the door. Mm -hmm. Because I will be honest, as a child... I've had experiences with, so I've always seen, I've always known. And oh, oddly enough, uh, you know, children my age used to call me the witch. And, you know, it's, I don't know, because children usually feel the energies. Yes. And, um, but I'm yeah. not, I, I don't think of myself as a witch. I'm just, I don't know. They always mock I just that they have to understand gift. that's what that's yeah. human nature to do that. Mm, but I just feel now that this is a gift that was given to me but when I was a child I used to be very scared. And so you know all my life I've I've you know hidden a lot of my gifts to, so to say you know um But since I've started to work with Ashes, I've actually opened myself up to do opportunities and there is no longer fear. And then I often hear no no noises or even whispers. I hear people talk with me. Sometimes I just I have to tell my customers like I get this rush that i have to tell them or there's a rush that oh i've got to work on this order like really mm-hmm. really i don't know i just get the calling right yeah. and then for example it's always confirmed when i tell them you know i had this experience and i really had to you know work on your order and then they start crying because it's like oh for example it was their anniversary today and i really had a really bad day yeah and you know there's details that I don't know for, oh, and I can't remember like their experience, the experiences I can remember even now. Um, for example, I worked once even with the dog's ashes and he he actually had the heart attack. And Ooh. while I was working with, you know, creating the the keepsake, I felt this pain in my chest that was like so strong. And I told the, you know, the, um, pet okay. mama right <laughs> I yep. told you know like the human yep. parents yes. I I told her and I said you know I had this big pain in my chest does this make any sense for you and she said oh yeah he you know the you know my love my dog actually had the heart attack and I was like wow but it, for me it felt like I was taking that pain and healing it at the same time wow so I it, it's very hard for me to explain to people what I do. It's not just the actual stones that I make. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually the the feelings that I get from the ashes or, you know, from the drawing closures. you know, anything we touch mm. carries our energy forward. It doesn't matter what it is. You know, even when I was working with clothing, like I had this, you know, moments when... I just feel like, oh, I I just have to put my hands on them and just to feel this energy to let it go through me so it can just go Mm -hmm. and heal the person who's suffering so much. So, yeah, I don't like to call myself a healer, but I just feel like this is what I'm doing, you know, and often that's why I don't want to call myself a healer because I don't, do it even on purpose it just mm-hmm. happens yes and all I have yeah. done all I have done was just to
0: be stop open to being it. scared yes yeah. yes yeah
1: being scared and just open my arms to it to the possibility of what I can do and what happens through me mm-hmm. and I just say that I'm a source of light you know from above. Yes. Um I haven't done anything special to grow what's in me. I've just let it come in and that's why you know sometimes I just feel like oh this is that's why I said I've found my life purpose. I feel fulfilled through the work that I do. Like I often think it's a gift that people give me for allowing me um you know to even have these experiences. It's beside being paid and you know, because we we have bills to pay. That's part of our human nature. We, yes. we have, you know, mortgage to pay and food to buy for our kids. And yeah. So yeah, but that's where the material part comes in. Yes, but, you know, you know, often I would just like I get moved by stories and I just tell people I want to make something for you. Yes. Like I'm it's- just Moved by your story and here i am i'm i hope i'm not weird i don't want any money from you it's not a sales pitch to try to sell you something else no I no felt cold too.
0: no i yeah. approached you so this just what, for the record yeah. i i chased you down and asked you to come on my podcast because i wanted to talk to you i i've just been getting goosebumps the whole time that you're talking because it's funny my dad passed away before my mum. And my mum used to talk about the fact that every now and then she could feel someone touch her foot when she was in bed or something like that. And then um, mm. once once she had passed, every now and then, because my mum always loved to put her hand around my waist and she always gave me the best squeezy hugs ever. And um, every now Aww. and then I'd be just... That's my scared. grandma. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she, I reckon she broke a few ribs. I probably never got them checked, but I reckon I, I got ribs mm. broken all the time the way she squeezed me. And... Um, I would just be standing in a random spot doing something like ironing or putting washing away and I could, I could feel, forcibly feel someone put their hand on my waist, like they were pulling me, they were beside me and they were pulling me towards them. And I'd like I'd look thinking, oh, maybe it's one of my cats rubbing up against me looking and there's nothing there. So I was sure that it was her. You've just got to be yeah. open to it. And, you know, because one of my mum used to say, I'm like, you're full of crap. You, you I think you're just imagining it. But there are certain mm. things that have happened since my mum was passed that, <laughs> they, that they defy explanation. So the only thing I think of is that she's, yeah. just, she's just telling me that she's still here and that she's still mm. around. Uh, the dog that we've adopted, uh, she's three years old now, she was an Irish Wolfhound, And it's probably very, very common for the breed, but I'll say that she's special because she is special she's the I've never Mm. had a dog like her before you go and you'll just she's laying next to you and you just go and pat her head or you just put your hands around the side of her head she grabs both her paws Mm. and she wraps her paws around my arms like she's holding my arms and I've never had a dog do that before Mm. she does she actually Mm. hugs your arm as you're touching her and the way she looks at me I'm Mm. like man I feel like I know you there's somebody in there that knows Mm. me and
1: that is Mm. oh absolutely yeah it's
0: mm. Weird, but it's lovely at the same time. it's I so beautiful.
1: Mm.
0: Um, I haven't even talked about the work that you do yet. So you said you make teddy bears out of people's <laughs> out, of pe- out of people's clothing.
1: Yes, you still do I those? that. Um, no, unfortunately, I had to stop. Um, I had to stop sewing, and. Uh, basically I was born with scoliosis as a child so I've always had really bad back pains Mm -hmm. then growing up I've sort of you know managed through um you know with that and then when I had my second child she was very very big she was born 4.6 kilos damn I've actually yeah, I actually had my grandma and an angel by my bedside when I was in labor. Wow, that's, an, that's a and kilo bigger remember, than any of
0: my children. That's big. I Wow.
1: Yeah, and I remember, like, this angel told me, everything's going to be all right, you'll be all right. Yeah. And nobody knew how big she was, and then a lot of things could have happened really badly. Um, But I remember when I saw the angel and I saw grandma, I started to just tear up and I calmed down and I told my husband, and I think that's for the first time when he actually believed me because he told me after I was in neighbor, um, you know, you spoke about, you said something about angels and, it, you know, and I said, yes, I know that was real. Like the angel was there next to me. Grandma was holding my hand. And, you know, I think that was the very first time he actually believed me um, <laughs> about the things that I said like furious. yeah um it was so stressful. like he almost passed out with all of our kids like you know it was like hey i'm in labor why are you taking care of him because <laughs> he like, husbands have to like, upstage oh.
0: childbirth it's awful they should be imprisoned for that well, oh no that's
1: business. all right oh uh, it's all right he's a good man he's a good man so he's fine it is um, perfect i have to say
0: i've not i've not went through any normal birth all mine was cesarean but still i can only imagine it would be
1: very um very uh confronting and then i felt pregnant with my third child she was an absolute look yeah we we were we were we just wanted two children we didn't you know we weren't trying for a third child so she was a surprise came as the biggest surprise of our lives and then (laughs) i thought to myself oh my god like i have to stop i was already doing jewelry so i was doing both at the same time right and i was like oh my god my back is gonna hurt me again because it hurt really bad when i was pregnant yeah because i make huge babies and i have a lot of water retention yes so then I told everybody you know I'm gonna stop sewing I'm gonna take like a waiting list because I didn't want to make people wait for me for a year Mm -hmm. to be ready to sew again and then what happened Maya like when Maya was born she's my third child we didn't know if she was sick or you know we, we didn't know that she was very sick right so she was born and she wasn't breathing and they took her to ICU and they told us that she was born very quickly. So she must have some gunk in her lungs. She's going to come home within two days. We ended up staying in hospital for seven months. Wow. So Maya came home last year at the end of January. Wow. Um, we gave birth back in, you know, when after COVID started, it was so... And we actually, yeah. we actually got prepared for her to die. We gave her a baptism in the you know in the ICU Wow and yeah and um, after that I just couldn't like I didn't have time anymore. I, I was coming home you know my work saved me I was coming at home you know, crying that I left the hospital and then leaving from home because I was crying for leaving my other two children. Yes. And it was all this tug of war in my heart between, you know, my kids. Yep, the mum guilt is a real thing. My child. Yes. Yeah. And I was working at night and my work actually kept me not crazy. that Wow. During those times. But I wasn't able to sew anymore. Yeah, I don't know. I just couldn't do it anymore. And I said, with Maya being sick, even now, like after she came home, she has a permanent disability. Um, she had an open heart surgery. She has an array of things um, with like severe hearing loss on the left ear. She has no hearing on the right ear. She can't eat, so we feed her through a um, gastrostomy. It's called like a papay. tube. Yeah. Um, through her stomach. Yeah. And, yeah, we're working really hard at it. And between two loves, I had to choose one. Of course. And and I chose keep going, keeping going with the jewellery making. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, I had to, yeah, I had to make the choice. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a choice of what I loved the most. No. It was what requires the least of my time. Because for example, to make a blanket um, for someone, like an adult blanket, it was about 50 hours of wow. you know hard manual work. Wow. Yeah. And so hours. from, you know, it was 50 hours, And a lot of you know, sitting in your knees and bending your back. And Mm -hmm. when you're at the sewing machine, there's a certain position that you sit in. And I'm never able to sit more than two hours because of my back. Yes, you have to hunch over a
0: sewing machine. There is a lot of hunching involved. It's not not good for your back.
1: Yeah, yes, that's right. Although I have a very good sewing machine, I you know I had the sort of like right table size. Yeah, I you know what it was for me. I said. I can actually change more people's lives through the jewellery making. Like that was that was decision making for me. Like wh- where is a greater impact? Because I could, you know, help, you know, 50 customers to make, you know, 50 quilts or, you know, 50 teddy bears in a year. Whereas I could compare and say, well, I could make, hundred you know keepsakes i don't always make jewelry but i make because i I make little keepsakes like little worry stones as well so you know if someone um doesn't want to wear jewelry they can you know have different items that remember them of their loved ones yeah nice and yeah i I just had to go in my heart and you know to make the decision that my impact will be greater um you know through this jewelry making avenue and sewing will have to be on the side. Absolutely. Yeah. Because, you know, at the end of the day, like I said, I have to be a mom as well. You know, I can't, I don't have time to spend my hours, you know, hours on end in my studio. I don't have, you know, I often work at night, as I said, or, you know, when my eldest is at school, I chose not to send my children full-time with daycare. Mm-hmm. So I said, I want them to spend more time with me than just are spending with strangers. Mm-hmm. I'm not sending my school child, you know, um, in after-school care. And, you know, I mean, I find that a privilege because yeah. there are a lot of people who have absolutely no choice. Yeah. But I'm privileged to be able to make that choice. Yeah. To, you know, and I want my kids to remember that, you know i was there around them mm-hmm. There were kids as well yeah
0: so, so with so, the jewelry just to get onto the jewelry so mm-hmm. you said you do worry stones what so jewelry comes in the forms of i've seen your pendants and beautiful rings and is it was it earrings too that i saw as well
1: yes i have a few earring designs our rings are the most popular yeah um but yeah, yeah i i do make uh, pendants and earrings i find that. Probably the most popular are the rings and, the independence and then the pendants and then earrings. We do have a few designs for men in the form of bracelets, but they're more like unisex designs. So, you know, a lot of ladies order those um, bracelets as well. We make charms for the Pandora bracelets. Yes, that's what so I saw. They look amazing. Charms. They're not Pandora charms, but they are... You they
0: know,
1: it's
0: on those Yes. Mm. And can they all yes, be made everything. with those things? With this, with everything. So ashes, hair, breast milk, yes. sand, all those sorts. Of, so they are universal. Mm. You can pick anything with any of those items.
1: Yes. Yes. Mm.
0: And how does it work? So I'm. I, I'm, just, I'm just amazed that you can make these sort of things with those sort of mm-hmm.
1: additives. So, oh, I'm, I'm going to tell you how it works. I work in a jewelry grade resin. Okay. And a lot of people get scared when they hear resin. But for example, when you, when I, I think a lot of gemologists would understand,
0: mm-hmm. or
1: I'm going to try to explain it in very plain words. Yes, I'm very we simple. have, <laughs> yeah, in, in terms of stone hardness, um, we have a scale which is called the Mox, Mox scale. Yep. And the yep. hardest of the gems is yep. the diamond. And yep. after that, you have from yep. which is the sapphires and rubies. And then you have other stones that are softer stones. And some of them are the pearls and opals. Mm-hmm. So they're somewhere halfway through this hardness scale. Well the jewelry grade resin that i work with has the same integrity as pearls and opals oh wow so i have and yeah i create masters master stones that i use after that to take a mold off right so basically i have a design that i'm creating i work i now have a team of people so i work with the jeweler as well i'm not doing all the jewelry making myself okay and i have a stone i have to start a stone setter as well and you'll find most jewelers will have a stone setter they work with they don't do all the work from start to finish okay but these are people i trust right and i know i work with and they're caring people and um i also work with uh, Lauren, she's our customer service person. And I have another person who works. So I have quite a large team at the moment who does the packaging. And I I drive Margaret crazy because I always change my packaging and I'm always, (laughs) again, improving. And I want it to look better. And I want to put the sticker there, like very, very small details. Yeah. With the stone making, I make the uh, master stone for the design of the ring that you know. I'm deciding I'm going ahead to add to our um, website. I make a mold off of it. And then I use this mold to create a stone with resin. So I have to pour the resin, it's liquid. Yep. And then I have to wait for about mm, 24 hours. Mm-hmm. I usually like to wait longer. I- I could wait just 12 hours, but, you know, if it's hot, hotter outside or if it's cooler outside, the, you know, the, the curing time. Mm. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a bit slightly different. You know, it, it's so beautiful to make these stones. Like, I can't tell you. And I remember the very first stone that I ever took out of a mold. I ran out, like, I woke up at 5 o'clock in the morning and I ran out to my studio to take it out. And my own reaction was like, wow, wow, I could do this for the rest of my life. Wow. Can I, side, quick side quest, because I,
0: from what I was uh, discussed with the gentleman who makes, Dan, who makes the blown glass um, pieces with ashes, he said to me that Mm -hmm. in his experience with human ashes and animal ashes, there's something about the human ashes, they just sparkle more. Do you have... same sort of experience with the with making it in the in the resin do you find there is a difference Mm -hmm. between human ashes and animal ashes just i'm just curious i think that's (laughs) funny. yeah you said human ashes just sparkle more in the in the glass more than animal ashes do and i'm like oh that's interesting i thought animals would sparkle more because you know i I prefer animal company to people sometimes but um yeah do you do you notice a difference
1: No, the only difference I can tell you is that all the ashes look different from each other. Yes, from human to human, from animal to animal, from from human to human, from animal to animal. It doesn't matter, animal or human. They don't have like specific character. Yeah, it's very funny. Mm -hmm. I don't think they sparkle more. Yeah, I think they sparkle just as beautiful. You know, sometimes my daughter asks me, like, you know, we're coming, my eldest is six now, yeah. and she's asking me like, well, what I'm doing. And I said, well, I'm doing jewellery. Yeah. And she comes sometimes she looks at me working, which yeah. I find so beautiful, like in my heart, and that makes me so happy. And then, you know, she tells me, oh, what do you put in it? Yeah. And then I tell her, you know, and, well, when someone dies, we we had to prepare her for Maya going, you know, to heaven.
0: Yep.
1: So we prepared our children for the possibility of Maya, you know, she's very sick and she might go to heaven when yes. we baptized her. Yep. Because of COVID, we weren't allowed to have any visitors. So we had the special permit for my children to come and see Maya in the hospital in the PQ. So we I explained to her, you know, how Maya was very sick and, you know, she could have gone to heaven, but she didn't. And sometimes, you know, people go to heaven and then they are, you know, they turn into magic dust. And then this is what I work with. This is magic dust. You know, she doesn't have this
0: yeah, understanding
1: I love of or, you know, so I just tell her that I work with magic dust, that yeah. I put it into my stones and I'm with it. Yeah. And there's a beautiful book about grief. Um, And I've come to know about it because that's how we taught our girls about death and about, you know, people passing away. It's called The Invisible String. And it's basically a story about, you know, no matter where we are, we are connected to our loved ones through this invisible string. So whether someone you love, it's, you know, on the other side of the world, like across the ocean or in a different city, they are not, not around you there's an invisible string of love between you and that person a connection like that energy of love right yeah and the same thing happens when somebody goes to heaven they never come back you never get to speak with them anymore but that emotional connection is there forever yeah so that's what um that's what we've explained to our children and that you know sometimes customers will choose me to make beautiful keepsakes in memory of their loved ones who've gone to heaven and who they have an invisible string with and they want to carry something with them that reminds them of that person how does she react because when yeah we went to palliative care with um with maya at the bear cottage yeah and she surprised everyone and you know, we all know the end of the story. She didn't pass away. Mm-hmm. But over there, they had, like, this, based on this book, they made this strand with um, beautiful hearts. Like, they basically made the hearts out of flour and water. And, you know, they baked them and they let them dry. And it was really beautiful because they made a string with little yeah. hearts on it. Yeah. And I said, you know how they made... And I said to you know to Catherine, I said, you know how you made a beautiful string with hearts on it when you were at Bear Cottage? You know, that's what I'm, you know, some people, they can't make something like that. Yeah. So they sent me their magical dust for me to make something for them. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I do. I do magic. That's lovely. I work with magical dust. That's and lovely. I think that regardless of who it comes from, it's just as magical. Yes, and they all, have, and it's beautiful that they all have different colors. I've seen all the shades, and we're trying to, you know, when we're managing expectations and we show people colors, we know it's very, very emotional. But we explain to people, look, all the ashes are different. We can show you how this design looks in this color with ashes, but I want you to keep in mind that those ashes are unique, yes. And that yours might have a different texture and a different color. And a lot of people, they don't know that. So I've seen red red ashes, like like red dirt. And I was like amazed, because it's only once. Yes. And I've seen white and I've seen black, 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 black. I've Mm. seen gray and all the shades in between. And I'm going to tell you something beautiful I've seen rainbow ashes. Wow. Like all the colours, green, yellow, orange, blue, purple, all the colours.
0: I need to know what that person did because I want that.
1: And they belonged to a pet. Oh, wow. (laughs) Probably a rainbow (laughs) lorikeet. No, I think from memory, if my memory is good enough, it was actually a dog. Wow, that's awesome.
0: Like I've I've had experience with ashes, (laughs) not many people's ashes. Um I've I've helped I I put my own mother's ashes um into jewelry as well as my auntie's ashes into jewelry. So I have a couple of bit of experience with with people. Um and I've dealt with ashes to do with my dog and our bird. Um so I've got a little bit of experience, but that's amazing. Like I there is there's variation, but never, like when you said red and black, that threw me. I've, I can't imagine. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, and it also doesn't matter if they're adult or babies or yeah. in between. It really doesn't matter. The um, the ashes that I took, I know every single story, so that's why I'm so specific. Yeah. The um, precious ashes that I just told you about, they were red. Mm. They actually belonged to a baby. Mm. right wow yeah it's mm.
0: interesting to see yeah. why that happened because mm. obviously that's not that's not common that's really unusual that's remarkable oh,
1: actually. it actually depends on the dna of the person right it depends on the dna and you know the reaction to the um the yeah, to the chemicals mm. yeah to the cremation process and we work with the company in austria where we make sapphires and rubies from ashes. So it's a process where, you know, the the corundum, so it's a chemical process where the yeah. ashes or the hair, um, you know, chemically dissolved and then added to corundum and then it gets, you know, fired up at 3,000 degrees. And we make these beautiful stones and they're, you know, individually cut. And then we have special certificates for them with an ISO code. And you can choose between pink, blue, or just natural color. No two stones Mm. no stones turn the same they're all so different wow and it's all because of the dna so the same you know the ashes turn different between each other yeah the sapphires and rubies turn every shade like it's and it's a surprise nobody knows we don't know you know where i can tell someone well i think your stone is going to look like this you know, when we finish creating, you know, your yes. piece of jewelry, you could expect this. When you make the sapphires and rubies, you have no idea how how those stones will look like.
0: That's amazing. I hadn't, that yeah, that's something I learned that I did not know. So that thank you for that. I always love learning new stuff. I think <laughs> no, I never think that I know it all. But like you know, I'm like, yep, yeah, I've I've done my research. I kind of have a bit of experience, and then you just throw me a curve ball by saying rainbow and black and red ashes. That's amazing.
1: I'm I'm going to send you photos. I, Ooh, I can yes, go straight
0: like, to the. I was party. literally going like, to ask ago. Mm. Yep, I wanted to ask you that, and I thought maybe that's too personal. If you show me photos of the ashes that you deal with, I would love to see that. That is like, uh, so I've 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 talked to someone before, and she describes me as a death nerd. And I'm like, yes, that is me. I am a death nerd. I And um, I, I am so wanting to know about all that. I just, I find it fascinating. And it's not just because, you know, once I get there, I'm not going to be able to see any of it that happens. I, I've also mm. asked a mortician, uh, not a mortician, a funeral director, if, if I could be her, like, offsider and and follow her around. And mm. she shows me the crematorium and she shows me different things. Like, I find I want... I want that experience. I want to know. That. I find that knowledge mm-hmm. can only be power, and it can only—I don't know—lessen the whole big scary thing that is death.
1: Well, I'm gonna tell you something. Like when I'm, like you know, my future—not project, but a passion of mine. After my kids will grow up and I'll be mm-hmm. more available, you know, time-wise, I yeah. would like to become a death death doula. Oh yes, and I want to ask people. I want to ask people questions. I mm. want them to tell me stories. Like I don't, I want their stories to live through me so I mm. can tell their stories. Yes. yes. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, a lot of people, because we're talking about death and, you know, like, a lot of people are so scared, but I always tell people, you know, if there's one certain thing in this life is that we're yes. all going to die. That's like, right. It's the only certain thing we have yes and then what we do with that information it's up to us like how we live our life and what we do in our life yeah but you know we have one chance and you know i like to go in cemeteries and just walk around and look at and i'm not going in the new newly built parts i like to go in the really old parts like in the historical parts you know yes um where they're like you know Graves that haven't been seen by anyone for you know tens yes. if not hundreds of years. Yeah. And then, you know, you know what inspires me, like what inspires my love? Mm-hmm. Doing that and walking and looking at the at the headstones and reading the names and the dates and you know how old they were. And then I think like, I wonder if they ever thought that they would be judged. And yeah. you know. all those people had dreams and aspirations is it worth not pursuing your dreams and aspirations because of the fear that you're going to be judged Mm. because one day 200 years from now on you're going to be dead and people will walk past your grave and they will not know who you were yes and what you did and what you were judged for
0: yeah and how great you were or how crap you were yeah absolutely yeah
1: In this life, you have one single chance, like you get one chance at life. Mm. Yes. You know, if you believe in, I mean, if you believe in coming back and, you know, be, you know, becoming a person, yeah, reincarnation, that's, you know, it's part of what we believe. I don't want to, you know, put my ideas about what happens after death in, you know, I I don't want to. Make people change their mind. But if you just think that about that single thing that you have one life, one chance at it, you have to live it for yourself and the people you love, not for the people who are going to judge you, not for the people who, oh, what might they say? And, you know, for me, for example, that, that leads my life. And I'm going to give you such a simple example. I was married and I was in um, an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm and eight years ago I ran away and I remember being scared to run away because what are going to people think about me that I'm a divorced woman yeah and you know and then after that I thought you know what like even Charles and Diana divorced yes (laughs) and then I don't want to live my life in, nobody's going to speak in the papers about me. Like, oh, a woman leaves her husband, like, runs yeah. away from an abusive husband. And I always, you know, like, I was scared of that becoming my story. Yeah. And it didn't. And mm. you know what became my story? I found an amazing man who's the father of my three children now, and I found my life purpose. Mm-hmm. And I could have been either scared and die sad and abused for the next you know, after 70 years, you know, just because I didn't want to be judged by yeah. you know, people, friends, I don't know. Yeah. Or, you know, I could have missed all of this. that's happening right now. They actually took my life in my hands and I said, you know what? I don't want to be a stone grave mm-hmm. in a cemetery, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be there one day, but you, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. I know one day I'm going to be there, but I want to make the difference while I'm still here.
0: Yes, uh, you, you're the only one that can change your narrative. You can, you're the only one that can decide mm. what your life becomes about, and I definitely agree with that. I'm glad that you have. I'm, I'm so impressed by you doing what you're doing at the moment to help other people with their grieving process. Um, you do do-it-yourself do kits too with resin. You basically send people off a complete kit so they have everything that mm. so they can do it themselves too. So that's a, that's a neat alternative as well
1: yeah well that's what I thought I, I said like I can't be selfish and just keep all this beauty to myself you know like this it, it's really a gift and you know that moment that I told you about when I I take and that happens to me even now every single day I take the stone out and I'm like wow wow you it's so beautiful
0: and, mm.
1: you know like that feeling that's a happiness in my heart and you know all the mixed emotions and I said people have to experience this and it's so easy I've put these kids together you don't have to be a jeweler you don't have to be a big artist you're not going to make jewelry you're just going to make little pieces that you can hold on to you can give to your family if you don't want to ship ashes across the other side of the world or in a different city you can do it in the you know like you know the quietness Mm -hmm. and safety of your own home Mm -hmm. and then have this gift like it's you know I have people who've crafted with my kit and they said beside the fact it was so simple right yeah they've told me like that feeling like it was so cathartic and healing for them yes to be able to do that and the thing with my kids is you can make more than one item you Mm -hmm. can use that mold for like up to seven to eight times you don't have to throw it away you just uh, i also sell the resin separate if you want to you know keep going and make some more keepsakes yeah but you know, I've had people who said, "Oh, we all sat as a family, and we did the DIY kit, and they like they sent me even photos. And it was my husband's birthday, and we had a glass of wine, and a photo of him on our desk, and we all made the beautiful hearts because the lady ordered the heart, you know, the um, yeah, the heart
0: molds, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, and." You know, the whole family was there, gathered, and it was just part of their healing journey. That's lovely. Although I didn't make it, like I didn't make those items, those keepsakes.
0: No, but you enabled that to happen. That's brilliant.
1: Yeah, I felt so humble. And then, you know, they come and they share their story with me. And so, yeah, it's, it's so beautiful.
0: Yeah. that's so neat <laughs> oh, i feel like i could talk to you forever but i should let you go nicoleta thank <laughs> you so much for your time you have really really opened my eyes into into what you do and i am just astounded that you let alone you do this but you have three children one of which has additional needs i i commend you i seriously i've got three kids and i barely keep my head above water and none of them none of them require any extra work except just my bloody time so
1: <laughs> yeah but you know it, it's um it just like i've learned to just let it go like for yeah. example when maya went cuz the doctor said well she's not you know she's not going like we thought she's going to go so then we decided for an open heart surgery and the day maya went in her open heart surgery i just said i surrender my myself to you god And if Maya, I don't, you know, like a lot of people, I don't know if they know the story about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, like before he was um, put on a cross, right? Mm -hmm. And he was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he had the, you know, the glass of water and he said, oh, God, you can, you know, Father, you can take the glass, you can leave it, you know? And I had that moment, oh, I have shivers just talking about it because, Although Maya doesn't hear, I just whispered in her ears. And I said, if you have to go, baby, you will go. Mm-hmm. And if you have to stay, you will stay. Mm-hmm. Because basically when they do the open heart, the bypass, yes. they have to stop your heart. Yes. Like you actually die in that moment. And only mm-hmm. a machine is life while the yes. doctor does what you need to do on your heart yeah so i always envisioned like this moment of maya going to you know to the end of the you know earth you know meeting with god handing her life over and then getting a new one yeah it just wasn't her time to go it was her mm-hmm. time to come back and you know i think that experience has changed me as a human being yeah. and has changed the way I see things. And, you know, like even before we had our meeting, um, I was late, right? And maybe I was late by 15 minutes and I knew I would be late. And I told you. Yeah. Maybe five years ago, I would have hyperventilated about that situation. Yeah. And on top of that, it was like rush hour and I needed to go to the toilet. And I went to the toilet and there were like two people in front of me. And I just had that moment where I just had to close my eyes and to say, well, this is it. This is a patient moment where I have to just, you know, test myself. And I just sat there until it was my turn to go to the toilet and, you know, and then go to the car and then drive safely. And, you know, I was very, you know, grateful for you, you know, (laughs) not minding me being late, Yeah. but, you know. Just like the way we react to things often changes the way our life happens.
0: Yes, yes.
1: So, yes. I, sometimes I think, anxiety can
0: exacerbate a situation, whereas trying to yeah. go with the flow. Uh, I hear you. I'm just come off the back of um, a seven day isolation because I had COVID. Luckily, hmm. I didn't have any symptoms, so I just I just tested positive somehow. I caught it, and I had to isolate at home. So for like like for the last week i've been wearing a mask in my home for 24 7. i mm. um because i didn't want anyone else to get it because everybody else tested negative so i kept to myself mm. i you know i did everything i possibly could um day seven today and i'm negative and my family are negative and i'm very very happy mm. i wasn't yesterday yesterday i was i was not a very happy person i was crying more than i was not and mm. i i struggle with i'm sorry lady. to
1: hear that lisa i'm gonna send you a little bit of love your way please,
0: please. oh yes please i've had nothing but support through my my mental mm. <laughs> breakdown it's very hard it's it's you know what staying home is one thing like i'm fine with that i worked from home i struggled with having to help my kids school from home that was another effort oh, yeah. but mainly it's you know what it's for me it was the lack of contact i didn't kiss my kids i didn't hug my kids mm. um i I stayed away from them and it, that was probably the hardest thing, not having any any affection. How old are they? One is 16, one is 13 and one is nine. So they're not little, little kids, but oh. we still are very touchy-feely. Like I kiss them every night before bed. I don't care how yeah, old they are. My 16-year-old always cops a kiss whether she likes it or not. Um, Yeah, this is
1: my 6 year old she goes, like, no, I don't want to kiss and i'm like man you're not even 15 yet so yeah. i'm gonna kissing you until the day i die that's so. exactly it yeah <laughs> same
0: attitude i said i made you i get to do what i want with you they <laughs> don't have a say really um Aww. so yeah it, it's been tough so i've and i suffer from anxiety and trying to to make sure that that doesn't rule my decisions is a very very hard thing to do um but yeah it's I, very
1: hard but- you know like that's what you have to think like oh what's the worst thing that can happen yes
0: like yeah. for me
1: that's yeah. like even today what's the worst thing that can happen mm. i'm just gonna be late yes you know that sign that says you better late 10 minutes than to you know to have yeah. an accident yeah yes. so yeah, you just have to take it one day at a time and you know what like i'm not zen like i'm not i'm not gonna be the teacher telling people that i'm zen all the time yeah. i even yell at my kids and <gasps> i'm like it. and i lose my you know yep. my bananas yeah and you know like i get anxiety and i get stressed as well mm-hmm. but you know just it's just life yeah that's and it Just having that if you have that just point where you go like okay now I have to just, you know, take it back a step, take a breath in, just, you know, think what is the worst that could happen yeah. you know, in any kind of – that that's helped me a lot um, yes. because I used to have so much anxiety. I've suffered this anxiety and depression mm. almost all my life. Yep. And, you know, being able to actually just take a step back. And sometimes mm-hmm. I just say I have to go outside. Mm-hmm. And I have to go outside and walk for 10 minutes in front of the house talking to myself and, you know, babbling like I'm human, we're all yes. human, normal. Um, but,
0: yeah. And when you've experienced a really bad loss, something that's changed you, I always mm. say to myself, it's nothing's going to be as bad as what I've, you know, like those little things, no one's yeah. dead, no one's, you know, in hospital you can cope with what's happening you've ha- well you've been to yeah that
1: because that's what actually happened to me after Maya came home I was like well at least they're not in a hospital I don't have I'm you know even the mask wearing sometimes like it just gets to me but in hospital we had to wear a mask all the time and mm-hmm. and I just tell you another thing Mm-hmm. and even now like sometimes instead of complaining about any rules or something i'm just thinking about those people who are in a hospital right now yeah and they're not allowed to see their children together yeah and you know and they have to wear a mask and they can't smile to each other and they can't hold hands and they can't you know be more than one parent in a 24-hour shift like yes. it's you know? Yes. Yeah. Very it's, hard. But usually I just go like, oh, it's so much harder for other people, no matter what happens. Yeah. And even with Maya, you know, sometimes I think she could have died. Yes. Like, I'm like, I'm lucky. I yeah. didn't have to actually book a funeral for her. And yeah. there's so many people, even last night, we put on our Facebook page with our customer's permission, you know, a post up, and the baby was in ICU. And that actually brought my... It brought tears to my eyes because those photos resembled so much how Maya looked like when she yeah. was my dad. Mm. And uh, I got to take a baby home and, you know, I made for them a piece of jewellery that contained the baby's um, ashes and the mom's breast milk. Mm-hmm. And, you know. Yeah, That's I lovely. Just, mm. Yeah
0: yeah it must be tough i I especially with those sort of cases I commend you with what you do and I really i thank you very much for your time. It's been so good thank oh, you I have for your time as well I have one question for you that I was going to ask you and I forgot it and then I remembered it. what do you want done with your remains do you want do you want to be buried do you want, <laughs> do you want your ashes done something special with them because I always find it interesting and it's I, it's usually the same answer with people who who deal with stuff like deal with these sort of things that Um, They always have the same answer, but I'm not going to say what that answer is. I want to hear what your answer is.
1: Oh, let's see if it's different. So I signed up for a donor um, organ donation program. So I've got Mm -hmm. my donor card. By the way, if you leave a will, it's not good enough. You have to actually sign up and get your card in... I can send you the link. For no, I know. I, yeah. I did
0: it myself. Actually, I signed they up. Have and I think donor
1: cards because that's otherwise that's your family not. can say, "No, I don't want to be. I don't that's want right. my organ to be donated." Yeah. So even when yeah. Maya, uh, when we were making plans and we were told that she would die, we decided to donate her heart tissue and anything that was, you know, for use for anyone. We said at least that would be a purpose. So yeah. when I yeah. die, they can use anything they want yeah and I told my husband I'm sorry you have no choice if they were my eyes my hands my skin my heart my lungs my whatever I don't care Mm -hmm. you have to give it away because after it's burned who who is it gonna help like it's not you don't need you have photos of me you don't need a photo of me at the funeral first of all yes and then I said and then after that please burn me just cremate me you don't have to be stuck to a place you have to come to all the time. Yeah. And I said to him, if you want to keep any ashes or the girls want to keep any ashes, they can keep it. If not, please get the permit to throw me in the ocean. Because you actually have to get the permit. You have to get the council permit to throw ashes whatever you can in the ocean. Do. Yeah, Because they are chemical and it has to be in a special container. You, you shouldn't be actually just throwing ashes around. I'm not judging anyone who... Mm-hmm doing that who's doing that but even if you bury ashes just as they are not in a container mm-hmm. at the bottom of a tree for example the tree will die
0: oh, okay too so, much carbon probably
1: yeah you can you can just put a little bit of ashes if you want to you know plant a flower and i told him you mm-hmm. can do i gave him all the ideas you can plant the flower with me you know you can whatever you do if you want to keep some of me keep some of me you can make a diamond out of me a sapphire or whatever you've got all the yeah. details yeah <laughs> he's got he's got an but abundance of information of it, in front of him yeah but the the rest of it just yeah just yes i want to go in the ocean okay you know with the, with the council approval okay <laughs> Yes, with permissions. That's good. I don't want to I don't want to give anybody illegal advice. No, so no, no, that's all right. Look, I'm not
0: <laughs> Yes, we're only here by suggestion this podcast. That's that's you're actually quite different. Everyone else I've said I've asked that question to they basically say I don't care. They really they couldn't even give me any specifics on whether they wanted to be cremated or buried. They were like I don't care, whatever's easier. Put me in a box, do whatever you want with me. <gasps> So, yeah, I'm so specific. <laughs> I like it. No, I like that. I like being specific. Mm. I i have, you know, specific is it helps the person that you, mm. you, love what you leave behind know what you want. If you just, if you're so vague and go, I don't care, it puts all mm. that choice and all that decision making onto them.
1: You have to talk with your family about death and yes. like what you want it to happen. because it's exactly what you said it puts so much pressure on them and when that happens they have to deal with the grief yes and with all the choices and like everything happens at the same time and then when you're working with the funeral home I mean you can't be buried in six months time you know you have to make a decision then and there so if there's a plan and if you talk to people I know it's so hard for some to talk about Death, but you yes. know, you, you have to, yes. and then yeah. you know, you can leave a will, but if you don't speak with the people who love you, yes. for example, yes. what they decide precedes what's written by you, yes, you know. Yeah. And for me, organ donation is very important. I've been a part of some very amazing stories where, again, like just the universe brought everything together, where I had to just be in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. and like I know a little boy's life was saved by a lady that, I, so I was creating for a lady a teddy bear. So that was back in the day when I was, you know, creating um, yep, the teddy some bear. Yeah. yeah, And yeah. I was, so someone actually, I'm going to tell you how it started. Some, I'm sorry. It's a, a no,
0: I'm now. worried about keeping your time.
1: You're a busy woman, not me. I'm in isolation. I won't very long, but this story is so important and I want to tell it. Just if someone is there listening and they're on the fence, mm-hmm. it's the, you know, donating organ is the most selfless act and it can actually change and can actually make a, you know, a change in somebody's life. Mm-hmm. So someone messaged me once. There was this lady, she was in a hospital room with another lady. They both had very sick children. And she messages me, hey, I want to, um, you know, buy a keepsake for this mom who's in the same room with me and her child's dying. And I said, oh, I'm going to make it like pro bono, how they say it, right? I I don't want any money. I'm just going to make it for her. Yeah so i actually got in touch with the family i met them you know they had a very sad story that was actually the second child that they've lost to the oh. same epilepsy. um epilepsy oh, and, and they've donated the organs the part tissue and you know yes and then it was and then a couple of months later it was mother's day and you know uh, an amazing thing is like you don't need the heart but it can be kept in storage oh really They can use it and they can use it on so many people like not just on one like they can use the little piece of you know heart tissue and you know i call it patch a little bit and you know and it can go you know on for so many people wow. and like it's the same like with um you know like some of the organs you can use pieces of the organs because they regenerate and they can like you save so many people's lives yeah so it's not saving one person's life you can save a 100 people's life yeah and yeah. um so anyway i donated some vouchers to the royal Mac- uh, Ronald mcdonald house for mother's day and there are like a lot of women who you know are there and your children are in hospital for a really long time so they live at the ronald mcdonald house so most of these, like all of these women they have very sick children so i wanted to donate some vouchers and i made friends with both of these ladies one of them won a voucher and she messaged me and she said oh thank you so much my son is in hospital he just had a heart transplant like a heart surgery yeah and they've been like there are people who wait for months for years they die waiting for heart tissue and Mm -hmm. the thing is like with the baby's heart because it's so little you can't use for example tissue from like an adult donor and i know all of this because i wanted because i've been in this situation and i wanted to donate maya's organs and um you know basically when they have the you know, a donation that's coming, they sort of, you know, put the call out to all the, you know, hospitals that have like waiting lists and patients. Yeah. Anyway, I made friends with both of them on Facebook. And then on the, I I think just a few months later, the mom who received the heart tissue, she wrote the message on Facebook. So I was her friend and she wrote the message and she said, we're not allowed. We're in Australia. We're not allowed to know who donated the, you know, the issue mm-hmm. to my son. Yep. His life is saved. I actually know this little boy now. He's six, mm-hmm. but he was a baby back then because we kept this relationship. And then he said, "Oh, we wrote this letter and this Pandora bead with a little teddy bear on it." You know what happens the next? Maybe within two days, mm-hmm. my other friend who's lost the child and donated the tissue she posts oh we received this beautiful letter we didn't we don't know who it is who received it and i was like oh my god they bought my friends
0: oh wow that is so cool I was,
1: like, I was like how can this happen like i'm donating a voucher to ronald mcdonald house and that yep. that lady, wins that voucher and then there's you know like just random people yep. they come yep. into my life and then I was there in the middle and I I had to be very sensible about the situation because maybe they didn't want to know about each other so yep. I told them look I'm friends with the person who you wrote that letter to and I'm friends with the person that you know received your letter mm-hmm. and so I had to ask them if they're happy to meet and then I think they met a couple of times and you know the sort of you know made the friendship through that and how beautiful it's to be in a situation like this and that's like experiences that i have been blessed to be and i haven't done anything for it i'm just like oh, oh. yes
0: you just got to be, <laughs> you just got to see it yeah see that's that's a side yeah. that you know not a lot of people do get to see so that's lovely i will put links yeah. for organ donation on the on the um podcast episode as well
1: thank you so yeah. much for your time nicoletta yeah. So that's the story I had to say. And that's no, why like, that's a good I'm story not necessary for anyone else. Like I can change somebody's life. Like a mom can take her child at home, mm-hmm. you know, even if he, that's what happened when Maya was very sick. And I said, if I can't take my child at home, I can't be selfish to make another parent's child to go home without, you know. Yes. And so yeah. I said, you know, at least that would be a purpose her maybe that's why I was meant to carry her so she could you know save someone and I mean she ended up coming home but it's just that thought that sometimes also when you're in grief and you're suffering it's really hard to make that decision like you know because there are a lot of papers to sign just like blood you know tests to be done 2,000 questions to be answered and I mean you know I think at the end of the day it I don't know. It it just makes me happy to think that maybe one day someone will be saved and yeah. someone's grief will be Yeah. Yes. No. It's true. It's very very true.
0: um Thank you so much for your time. I don't know who's calling me now at this time. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> never end and the phone never rings and then it does always when I'm recording a podcast. It seems. Thank you so much for your time and talking to me today. Um, I- I'm surprised my neighbors. I'm surprised my neighbor's dog didn't.
1: Bark, yet, <laughs> I'm so. surprised
0: my dog didn't bark. So there we go. that's to happen at some point. That's all right. It just shows how real this podcast is. <laughs> very, very real. It's so not so real. Much. I
1: have to go and cook dinner for my kids. Yes, I know. I'm
0: I'm surprised I didn't have someone ask me where dinner is. So thank you so much for your time, Nicola. It was, to talk to you.
1: It was very nice to talk to you, Lisa. And thank you so much for having me on this podcast.
0: No worries. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye.